to Kizar to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the 49ers for Seahawks recap show. That was probably the most excited you're going to see for the rest of the day. Uh, that's uh, that's fair, Ant. <laughs> that, that's fair. Uh, but yeah, this, this is recap show time. Let's get to it. Subscriber name Black Tylenol. Oh, hot dog! I, I've never thought of that, but that, that's that's impressive. I like that name. That's that's nice. And thanks for subscribing, Black Tylenol. We appreciate that, yeah. Black Tylenol. Very very appreciative. And of I that. enjoy the name. I hope to see you on some of the chats and stuff. Absolutely, we want to see you all. We want to see all everyone, like all 100%. of our subscribers, yeah. all twenty one hundred plus of you, uh, in the chats, yucking it up, chalking it up with all of us, having a conversation about this game and having a conversation with the cutback crew about what's going on with the 49ers. Because yeah, and like you brought up and like you mentioned. Um, this this was frustrating. Um, this this is not a game where you're going to be very excited to talk about because the Niners let a lot of opportunities slip, um, gave a lot of extra opportunities to Seattle Seahawks, and made it as difficult as humanly possible on themselves to come out of this thing with a big win. Yeah, the whole talk during the week is how Seattle has been so discombobulated and out of sorts. Offensively, de- defensively, they, they just seem to not be able to get into a rhythm. Um, that is something we've seen from Seattle. And it started the game the same way. Until they get this big, you know, punt fake, fake punt, and they take it to the house, seventy-six yards, and it's a, it's a touchdown. And I think that is one of those things that allowed them to get a little bit of rhythm. But the 49ers kept feeding into that and allowing the, you know, the Seahawks to have opportunities. If they would have, 49ers would have capitalized and took care of business and executed at the high level that they are capable of, they would have kept Seattle in that funk um, because there were times where this 49ers defense forced three and outs and forced Seattle to struggle. However, they just kept getting more and more opportunities. Um, the Jimmy Garoppolo turnover to um, Wagner, Bobby Wagner, was um, egregious, and it was really bad. And unfortunately, it put the 49ers in a bad situation, and it allowed the Seahawks to continue the momentum of and basically finding their rhythm. And once they found their rhythm, then they were hard to stop. We know this once Russ starts cooking, um, he starts getting the whiff of what's going on. He can really get out there and make it happen, and they have the weapons that can do it. You sprinkle in a couple of injuries to the 49ers secondary, you're already dealing with the loss of Fred Warner. And it's a recipe for, you know, the Seahawks to be able to go in there and create some major issues. You're already playing in Seattle where you struggle. Um, So it's just a multitude of things. But I felt like the team that felt kind of out of sorts, out of rhythm, and discombobulated a little bit was the 49ers. And I think it was the the early punt return, or I'm sorry, punt fake, and then the the early turnover by Jimmy Garoppolo that kind of set that into motion. It definitely set it into motion, but it didn't start snowballing until the end of that second half. Uh, first half, excuse me. The end of that first half is when it really snowballed kind of out of control, and you could start to see the the chinks in the armor that was this team and the fact that Russ was able to get things going as much as he was able to. Um, And a lot of that, like you said, started with them getting extra opportunities and extra chances for the 49ers. A lot of things may have been different as well if instead of that drive where you end up kicking a field goal and taking three points, you end up getting an actual touchdown. Um, you know, the big hold by Trent Sherfield there on the big run from Jeff Wilson Jr. really, really was a devastating blow to that team because Jeff Wilson comes in for his first carry of the game and gashes, absolutely gashes around the edge, this this Seahawks defense. And unfortunately, Sherfield gets the hold. Um, it's unfortunate. It's not great. It's a poor execution. Um, 
but there's a reason why Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel have been the guys out on the edge blocking in space and why Trent Sherfield hasn't. He's not that same type of blocker. He definitely has the energy and the spark, but the execution sometimes isn't there to the same extent and the same level. Um, and it just it sets the Niners back. It, it Again, puts another obstacle in front of this team. Um, then they do end up having the big scoring drive where you go down the field there to close the first half out and you put the points on the board and Robbie Gold misses the extra point. Um, and that's just another, again, it's another thing that's giving Seattle hope, right? Giving them confidence, making them feel like, hey, if we can just go down and get one score here, do something here, um, you know, we're, we're still in this thing. We, we still got some life. Um, and that's not what you want. You don't want this team feeling like they have life. You don't want the Seattle Seahawks feeling like they have control. Um, that gives Russ the op- ability and the opportunity to cook. Um, and once once Russ starts cooking, like you brought up and talked about, it's not just the offense that finds rhythm, it's the team that finds rhythm. And their defense did. Their defense got confident. They got cocky. They got aggressive. They tried to assert themselves. Um, they were able, able to slow down the run game a little bit. Not having Debo doesn't help either for the 49ers. But they were able to just get a little bit more push than you'd like. Put some extra guys in the box. Um, and you know, the Niners got a little conservative because of the poor turnovers that Jimmy Garoppolo made with the decision-making early in this football game. Um, now, granted, he bounces back in a big way on the very last drive of the game and goes almost 99 yards down the field and almost puts the Niners into the end zone. But you can't throw the two picks that you had there. You can't come out of the half with the ball um, and a chance to right the wrongs of how the first half ended and fumble the ball and give it to him at the at the 10. I know I, I saw some people saying, yeah, that really wasn't that big of a turnover because you know Seattle didn't end up getting points off that drive. False. Um, Seattle turns the ball over at the goal line, but the Niners give up a safety and then put the ball away. And then Seattle scores. That's a nine-point swing. And that probably doesn't happen. It's not a nine-point swing if Travis Benjamin doesn't fumble the football. You don't know if the 49ers are going to go down the field and score. And even if they do, even if they don't, they're punting the ball back and Seattle's driving from their own 20 back down the football field. You're going to make them earn it rather than what ended up happening, which was, yeah, they didn't score, but for them, okay, we didn't score there. We turned the ball over, but now we got you pinned back against your own goal line here and we're going to come after you. And they did, and they made the play they needed to make. Well, and that's part of the problem with the offense is the offense didn't have good field position. They played inside the 10 for most of the second half. That's not a recipe for success. Um, it's all about flipping the field, playing field position. And when you start in a negative you know, situation like you did with the Travis Benjamin fumble, um, it puts you in a negative area, in a ne- negative situation that you don't want to be in. So unfortunately, the 49ers you know, got pinned back and they weren't able to execute this offense. Um, and I think that, you know, was Kyle Shanahan being conservative? Yes, I think he was to a point. In the same regard, he also doesn't have all the weapons, right? He doesn't have Debo Samuel in those situations that you could take advantage of RPOs and such. You had a few drops. George Kittle dropped the ball. Um, you had Debo, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Brandon Ayuk drop a screen pass in this game. There wasn't Oof. a lot of drops, but there were some that were kind of pivotal and, you know, and occasional. And then you also have just the penalties, and, and the penalties came at the wrong time. I think the two um, quarterback um, roughing the passer penalties were really bad. To I think, end the first half? Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, the first one on Arden Key, it's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, that's just a terrible play by him. Um, it's egregious because it's a short catch by Travis Homer. What What was worse? That one, that roughing the passer, or the other one, the hands to the face he had when he first moved, got moved into the interior. Remember that, where he jabs oh, the yeah. guy twice and gets the hands to the face penalty to this extend one. the drive. This, this one's one. egregious. He's up in the air, and he literally just, I mean, headbutts. I mean, if this was if this was WWE, it could be in a finisher. I mean, that's what it looked like, the flying headbutt. Um, it, it's just not a good look. It wasn't a good play by him, and it was it was pivotal because Homer catches the ball diving and is, is tackled there by Al Shair. The clock's going to run. The Seahawks have no timeouts. So it's a situation where you lose the opportunity to get rid of, you know, multiple time, you know, multiple seconds on the clock. 
and put yourself in a better situation to, you know, hold them to a field goal. You hold them to a field goal, you basically feel a lot better about your situation, right? Um, it's that point you're probably what 30 uh, 23 17 you're up, you're up 10 yeah so. you're up 23 17 at that point you go into the half you get the ball back coming out and you're feeling good but it's another momentum swing you get a, you get that that yardage the time uh on or the clock stops and it lets russ have another down and that's just not a good thing to do and it's unfortunately that that happened but you got to be smarter in those situations and arden key hasn't always proven to be smarter um he hasn't changed a lot of those situations he's had a couple of these where he's had penalties late um that are mistakes uh so Warriors got to figure out how to get off the field at the end of halves. They've done it before. Um, they need to go back to doing that again. But yeah, this was kind of a, a rough way to end the first half. It was a it was a situation where you wanted the 49ers to be able to go in, knowing you're going to get the ball back up ten, but they they couldn't do that. No, and then they gave the ball back when they got back out from right. being up ten, which is just unfortunate. Ant. Um, but look, the offense had its struggles. It had some of its issues. And let's take a look at our key matchups and see if that had anything to do with it offensively for me for moi. My key matchup was the people's tight end against Jamal Adams. Now, Jamal <laughs> Adams went out, yeah. right? The, the people's tight end versus Diaz. Jamal Adams went out with an injury. But even before Jamal Adams went out with an injury, George Kittle was absolutely tearing up this team. I mean, he was having himself, dub, yeah. he was having himself a, a day for the ages. And I think he ended up putting up almost 200 yards of, of receiving, just receiving yards. Um, it was probably 200 yards of total offense if you include the rush he had, which was, I think, about a nine-yard rush. And I know at one point, I think he had 191 yards receiving. There is a good chance that he put up 200 total yards of offense today, plus two big tutties, huge catches every time the 49ers needed him. The big win for me in my matchup. Oh, yeah. Huge it, dub. It was a huge win, um, and the 49ers needed it. They needed him to step up in a big way, and he definitely did. Made life a little bit easier for the offense, a little bit easier for this football team. Um, it's just unfortunate that his big win didn't also lead to a big 49ers win, but I'll take my big win in that key matchup. George Kittle is an absolute nightmare for the Seattle Seahawks matchup-wise. That's just not a good situation for them. I only wish we could have had Debo Samuel to make it um, a complete cluster because they would have been over 40 points scored by the 49ers in this game if you had Debo Samuel. Just the dynamics you can add in the, the rush game and stuff. And my key matchup was about that run game. It was um, Wagner against the 49ers run game. Um, Bobby Wagner's a Hall of Famer, and Bobby Wagner made an impact early by intercepting the ball against Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, and I thought that really this was kind of a, a, a complete team effort by the Seattle Seahawks to stop the run, and I thought they did a very good job. I didn't think the 49ers established this run good enough in this football game, and ultimately that's why they, they end up getting the win. If the 49ers run game could have got going the way it has in the weeks past, um, they probably would have ran over the Seahawks. But they were coming in there, and they were completely fine with taking away the run game and making Jimmy Garoppolo beat them, and it worked in this situation. So I'm not so sure Bobby Wagner was the key force in it, but because he's the leader of this defense, I'm going to say that the 49ers lost this uh, key matchup, and that's a big reason why the Seahawks won. Um, but one one big thing, if we're just going off uh, Elijah Mitchell against Bobby Wagner, uh, he made Bobby Wagner look silly one time in this game. So we're going to take that as a, a big victory for Elijah Mitchell, but not a big victory for the 49ers run game. Not overall. Not overall. But that in that instant, in that moment, it was nice. Yeah. It also felt like at that point, because that was pretty early in the football game, that maybe the Niners were going to get the, the run game steamrolling downhill. It did look like it. Felt like it. Yeah, I think it would have helped the team overall. If the 49ers could have went into halftime, we talked about this a little bit earlier, with that 10-point lead and then been able to march down the field, even if they get a field goal, they put the Seahawks in a one-dimensional role where they can't run the football anymore, and that would have changed the game because the 49ers could have just pinned their ears back and go after them. Um, those little pivotal moments are huge. And once the Seattle Seahawks were able to establish the run game and then eventually get up, it changed the way the 49ers called offense as well.
Correct. It also made it very apparent, you know, early downs, you could stack the box, absolutely stack the box. If you were Seattle, knowing that the Niners want to get into rhythm, they want to run the football, you could take that away from them and force them into situations where, nope, you're going to have to throw. You're going to have to throw. You're down. You can't just sit here and eat clock the rest of this game and, and go on a long, sustained drive running the football on us. We're not going to let you do that. We're going to overcommit. We're going to make you try and beat us on the outside with one of these other guys. Um, you know, it, it just, it, it, took away from Kyle Shanahan's game script as well early in the football game, as well as coming out of half, you know, with whatever it is that he wanted to come out and try and establish. You didn't get a chance to do that. And when you did get the ball back after the turnover, you got it back at essentially the one yard line. Yeah. So you're not running the game script. You're just trying to get some breathing room. Yeah. I mean, you could tell they miss Debo Samuel and, and what he brings to this offense, whether it's in the backfield or just as a receiver, um, the attention that he's going to garner. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Anytime you have a guy, you know, that has a th- over a thousand yards receiving, five, you know, receiving touchdowns, five rushing touchdowns. You know, he's a dynamic playmaker. And so he takes a lot of attention. When you get that sort of attention and playmaking ability, it affords you the opportunity to get the ball to other guys. It wouldn't have been Trent Sherfield getting those those extra snaps and reps. It would have been Brandon Ayuk getting those targets um, that we were missing. So uh, it's, it's going to be big getting Debo Samuel back at some point. Hopefully it's against Cincinnati because he really does unlock this offense. And now you understand why Kyle Shanahan wanted to have a Jalen Hurd as well. You want to have two guys that could do something similar to what Debo does. Um, so you're not missing that when it's not in the playbook. They don't have that right now. They're going to have to find somebody that can eventually because um, you, you've seen now that Debo Samuel is very important to this team and a big worry as to why you know you can't get things going on offense. Um, 23 points is admirable, but they, sh- they should have scored over 30 points against the Seattle Seahawks defense. Very easily. Very easily. There were multiple opportunities and multiple chances to get it done. Um, but that's not for a lack of trying. And there were definitely some guys on the offensive side of the football and that stepped up in a big way today and had themselves a, a nice game. It's time to discuss those people and hand out that player award. And it's time for our offensive straight beast of the game. I think it's pretty easy. I'm wearing the shirt, block, catch, run, fear nothing. I'm going with George Kittle. Huge game. He won your key matchup in glowing fashion. What an absolute beast. Um, knowing that he needed to step up in this game, he was Jimmy Garoppolo's go-to guy, and he proved once again that why he's one of the best tight ends in football. Um, and not only did he do it in the, the pass game, he did in the run game as well, blocking as well. Um, Big-time beast. George Kittle proving why he deserves that contract, and the trade George Kittle uh, hashtag just uh, took a, a, a deep dive and is now dead. Uh, took a big L today. Yeah. It took a big L. And it's not um, going to bounce back. No, never going to bounce back, Ant. Um, and then you know what? You, you can represent and support George Kittle and the cutback crew by going to 40hourscutbackshot.com and grabbing that block, catch, run, fear nothing t-shirt um, with the people's tight end number on the back. It says people's tight end. Uh, you'll, you'll be the coolest guy on the block, uh, but I you'll also, you'll, uh, and definitely is, but you'll also be accurate. You'll be accurate in your support of George yeah. Kittle because he was the straight beast of this game. I can't give this to anybody else. I'd love to give Kyle Juszczyk some more love. He Ooh. had himself a wonderful day, day today. Yeah. I wish he would have made that catch on the sideline from Jimmy, the one that he dropped. Tough, tough catch. Tough yeah. catch to make. Hits him in the hands, though. You got to make those ones. Agreed. You got to secure them. Mm-hmm. Um, but George Kittle played like an absolute monster. I mean, George, what George Kittle did today is eerily similar to what Debo Samuel was for this offense all year long. Yeah. Uh, the security blanket, the guy on third down who's making the big catches, making the big plays, scoring the big touchdowns, keeping this offense going, helping the offense find rhythm when it didn't have any. Um, the 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 first play of the opening dr- of the last drive of the game for the 49ers gets him all the way down and almost wins it for him is a big George Kittle catch. So George Kittle did everything this team needed to do, whether it was blocking in the run game, whether it's as a receiver or as a running option. I called it. I called it earlier this week. I talked about how George Kittle was probably going to be utilized in the run game. 
Um, and they did. They utilized him in every which way they could. They really took the full array of his skill sets and put it on display today. This is why he's the best tight end of football. This is why we paid him all the money that we paid him. And I cannot wait to get him and Debo back into the fold out there together, really helping this offense reach its full potential. And since we both agreed for the first time, you know, on our uh, straight beast offensive player, I think we need to go get celebratory um, gyros. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. The gyros, man. 100%. Those good old gyros, man. They're some of the most most delicious, greasy things I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, I just love grease. Salivate. Wonderful. Just tastes so good in I my mouth. I put a little bit in my hair when I'm feeling blue. Yeah. Yeah. Like maple syrup. Yeah. We should start a maple syrup grease conglomerate. Ooh, I like that. Both of them. Yeah. And change the game. 100%. 100%. And defensively, though, yeah. the Niners... I, the Niners didn't play bad on defense. <clears throat> no. They really didn't. Um, what happened today was short fields. Yeah. Short fields to the Seattle offense. Them not really having to earn points. Um, the Niners offense and special teams did no favors. They did no favors for the defense because the defense did everything that it was supposed to do. And the defense had probably the most questions. Definitely had the most question marks. Is Demetrius Flanagan Foles, can he be that guy? Well, he played amazing. Ooh. Demetrius Fl- Fouls, excuse oh, me. Demetrius Flanagan Fouls. Okay. I was so confused there for a second. Oh, my bad, my bad. Uh, Demetrius Flanagan Fouls, though, put together another solid performance. Yeah, he did. Uh, last week, the 11 snaps he played, he played phenomenally. We watched on the L22 film. And today, from the looks of it, everything that I watched during the game, he was in on run fits, wasn't getting beat on pass routes, he was tackling guys in space in front of him. I mean, he did what he was supposed to do. And you know what made it really easy was the D-line. The D-line play today was absolutely phenomenal. It was everything it needed to be. Um, If the D-line doesn't play this way, doesn't play to the level that they played, which is one of the best, I think this is one of the best performances from this D-line we've seen all season, made it extremely easy for the linebackers. And the linebackers capitalized. Aziz forced a big fumble. Um, I mean, Aziz, Aziz again, played out out of his mind. He's been playing out of his mind now this entire season. Yeah. And I cannot be, I say this every week now, I feel like. I cannot be happier about how wrong I was about Aziz Alshire's development. Um, Shire. Shire, excuse me. Aziz Alshire's development. I was wrong. I'm glad I'm wrong. And I will be wrong every day of the week. I, like, I, I, I want to be this wrong about someone's development. When I have questions yeah. about someone, if they can play the way that Aziz has played, then I will eat crow every day of the week because our team is, a football team is much better with Aziz out on the field. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if loving him is wrong, I don't want to be right. No. Um, yeah, I think Al Shair's played, you know, has played very good. And this defensive line played absolutely outstanding. Uh, you talk about the, the fumble that Al Shair caused, but what about DJ Jones as well? Mm-hmm. Early on in this football game, going and reaching and knocking that ball loose. And it seemed like the 49ers were finding the football this time, right? Whether it was a ball getting kicked up in the air that K1 Williams was getting, or Emmanuel Mosley locating the fumble that, you know, DJ Jones had. Um, Al Shair, you know, knocking the ball and, and, D, uh, Dante Johnson coming out with it. Al, Al Shire almost getting that interception as well. Oh, yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, he almost came over there. That was that would have been huge in that football game. So they were they're making big plays. This defense was out there and they were doing it. And the Nick Bosa looked fantastic again, shockingly. Um, Armstead showed up again, had a, a big sack. DJ Jones was just wrecking shop early in this football game. Stamps and Ebicom putting on pressures. Um, Arden Key coming in and getting it done and getting a sack. Jordan Willis getting a sack off the edge mm-hmm. in this football game. It seemed like the rotation was going good. And I'll say this: if you watch the All Twenty Two film, when when we watch it. We'll go over Kevin Givens getting absolutely dragged down from behind. Um, it looked like a little kid like grabbing onto his dad as his dad's trying to leave him at kindergarten. Dude, I, I he's just dragging him. I could not believe that wasn't a hold. Yeah, it was. I mean, I was watching the play live and was like, yeah. "Holy cow, that's a hold!" 
and nothing gets called. And then they show the slow motion replay. I'm like, man, what a great job by Russell Wilson escaping the pocket. Russell Wilson is escaping the pocket because Kevin, Kevin Givens is literally being dragged down by two guys. Oh, yeah, there's another one. Do you remember where Diamond Lenore has the um, the penalty in the back of the end zone? Oh, yeah. I think it's that one. Yes. A minute he was getting absolutely grabbed by the caller. Yeah, it's, it's right after he gets the, the roughing the passer. Yep. And it's like, dude, I mean, come on, you got to see that, right? It's um, well, it's obvious. The, the, the yeah. tr- it's pulled. Like, it's it's a way. Oh, it, it's a cross, too. Yes. Um, 100%, this defensive line was wreaking havoc. They looked very good. They were very good in run fits as well. I was I was very excited about the way they looked. And overall, the defense overcame the injuries the best they could. It was tough when they lost Emmanuel Mosley. I think that was one that did cost them some points. I'm not sure Seattle would have got this thing going with Emmanuel no. Mosley on the field. Um, but my defensive key matchup was Russ and Collins versus the linebackers and safeties. I did not know that Collins was not going to be featured in this game, that it was going to be all Adrian Peterson and all of uh, who a was the other Rashad guy? Penny. Rashad Penny. I, I forget. I, he's hurt all the time, uh, so I never I, thought he I'm was sorry. I, I got to be like Tiki Barger. It was uh, Elijah Penny. Elijah Penny. Yeah. Hey, well, you put Elijah Mitchell and Rashad Penny together. And that's good, uh, Elijah, Elijah Penny. Penny. There you yeah. go. Wow. I, I need one of those trading cards. That'd be great. You know, it's like when you used to buy the starting lineups and it would be like Steve Young, but it would have a Denver Broncos helmet in there. And you're just like, oh, this is gold. It, it wasn't worse. It really wasn't worse than the, the, the announcer during the Lions game who said that the Lions had to stop the cock. That's impressive. He's not wrong. I mean, if you don't stop it, you're in trouble. <laughs> um, but you know what? Yeah, I mean, there was blunders all weekend, right? Because you had the oh. Iowa, the Iowa Buckeyes um, playing oh, against the Michigan Wolverines. God. Was that at the whole game, by the way? Uh, no, it was just at the start of the game. That's still bad. I, I mean, I get it. Hawkeyes, you know, Buckeyes. No, it's not close. Yeah. Uh, well well done, Fox, on that one. So Fox is a blunder. Hey, they're notorious for that. I've seen yeah. a couple of different. They they reuse graphics and don't spell check. Yeah, and so this key matchup that I was getting into, I thought the linebackers and safeties played well. They did a very good job. Russ didn't really get anything cooking. Um, the run game was kind of held in check. I didn't think it was that great. Adrian Peterson did what we thought he was going to do, and you know he had some some tough yardage plays. Accurate. Um, so I'm I'm not going to say this is a, a win or a loss. I'm going to put it as a push because I don't think it was as pivotal in the game, but I thought the linebackers and safeties played as good as I thought they were going to play, and I really thought Jaquiski Tart playing around the box did a fantastic job in run fits. Uh, I agree with you there. Uh, and anyone who wants to be like, you know, how can you say Russ didn't cook? You know, he, he completed 81% of his passes. He completed 81% of his passes for 231 yards. Well, I was talking about <clears throat> the run game. Oh, in the run game, you were correct. Yeah, that, that's where my focus was. It was had nothing to do with pass game. Well, here's the thing. He was 30 of 37. He threw a lot of things underneath. And he did take some shots deep. He, he did take his shots deep. Um, but I didn't think that Russ really got a lot going until Emmanuel Mosley got out of the football game. And that's you brought that up and mentioned that already. I think that was the key turning yeah. point for their offense. I think once that happened, it became very, very it became very, very hard for the 49ers to be able to take enough things away for them to consistently be able to force Russ to hold on the football a little bit longer than he wanted to. Yes. And once that happened, it became very easy for them to convert, move the sticks, do what they wanted to do, and, and execute. Um, but well, it also helps when you have short fields. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, I mean they they were starting, you know what? The plus fifty of the game. Plus fifty most of the game. You're correct. It was and just, and the second half. In the second half, it was mainly the second half, especially in the second. Yeah. Half. No, you're you're not wrong there. Um, but look, off defensively, my key matchup was the front. It was the front four versus the front five and the front four one. Um, that that much I know with certainty. I don't even have to second guess it. I don't have to think yeah, about this it. This much you know is true. I do I do it for you this I promise you 
Yeah, that, that's a good one. There we go. Yeah, uh, go there. You go, Nick Lachey. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna yeah. do my best. I'm gonna do my best. It's getting feel like it's 98 degrees in here. Man. Oh, it was 98. It was at 98 degrees. Right, this side. I promise you, was that 98 degrees? That wasn't 98 degrees. No, that might have been in sync. Yeah, or the Backstreet Boys. No, it was in sync. You know what I went to? I went full. I will cherish you. Um, different song. It was. Yeah, it was. I did the whole I do cherish you. you. Sorry, sorry. So it wasn't actually actually Nick Lachey. Um, failure on that one. I it's, went full Jessica Simpson. Didn't understand where I was at. Okay, it's all. It's, yeah. It's a tuna. It's a <laughs> Ch- chicken it's chicken in the sea. What is it? Is it tuna or is it chicken? Ah, uh, who knows? Yeah. Subway doesn't know either. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but Marshawn Lynch might know. Hey, you're right. He might know. And Marshawn Lynch to San Francisco. Uh, look, but the 49ers. Maybe so the four, front four for the 49ers did the, did their job. They did everything they needed to do. Your linebacking core stepped up in a huge yeah. way. Um, it's unfortunate that the Emmanuel Mosley situation happens and the injury happens to the ankle. It's unfortunate that you're forced to put your rookie out there, Diamond Lenore, against DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, and get, he gets taken advantage of. Um, those, those things are just unfortunate. They truly, truly are. Um, the 49ers definitely have some questions that they need to get answered there at the cornerback position. Demo is going to have to figure it out in a big way because if he has to go in and play extended periods of time because Emmanuel Mosley is out, we got to be able to rely and count on him, um, and he can't get torched. Can't be torched by phys- more physical wide receivers or receivers who have some speed to him. Um, he's going to have to help out in a big way because if he's having issues and problems, then the 49ers are, result- are forced to result to what they did in this game, which is have Josh Norman follow around a receiver all game long and both sides of the both sides of the field, and that's not a good thing for the 49ers. No, it's not. Um, you want you want less emphasis on Josh Norman, not I- more emphasis. We want more situations where Josh Norman could be playing off ball and come in with a nice peanut punch. Yes. Um, those are those are the situations we want. Those are good things. A, a little glimpse ahead, but I, this does make me a little nervous uh, until we know exactly what's going on with Emmanuel Mosley about playing against, yeah, Jamar so, Chase and T. Higgins um, because that guy can can do some big things. I, I have been scolded for not doing this, so I have to do this for Megan, who that's her favorite Cincinnati Bengals player. T. Higgins! I did it on the podcast. You're welcome. Uh, but yeah, no, that T. Higgins and Jamar Chase scare the living crap out of me if there's no Emmanuel And now Mosley. I have questions. Why is it that you had to do that? I got scolded because I'm not as excited about saying T. Higgins' name as Megan is. Megan loves the name T. Higgins. So is that what the first kid's going to be named, T? I hope not. T-E-E? I hope not. T. Sasania? I, I hope not. You could T one up. I just teed you up for that one. <laughs> <laughs> you did tee me up for that one, Ed. Yeah. And you just, boop. That's a TT. Yeah. Ooh. To your room. Ooh, a T. You could. You can give him. I can also. Yeah, we can give him the big the, T. The Talano Hufanga. The big Talano Hufanga yeah. T. Wow. This is actually. This, you know, hey, no, this is actually sounding like a good name now. Yeah. T. I, I, if you want Alex to name his first kid T, let us know in the comment section and hit, down below. And hit the like button as well. Yeah. 100%. If, if we get a thousand likes in this video, I will name my first kid T. Ooh, I like that. The challenge is right here. So share this video to everyone you could possibly know. Um, set up multiple accounts and just hit that. Hit that like button. We want we want T uh, T Sasania. What about a middle name of Alexander T Alexander? Oh yo, T. that's Alexander. A, hey, that's a nice home T A. Ooh, yo, dude, and then he's a cutback crew. Get on this, hey, come and, on. And then <clears throat> his initials are Tack. Bro, that's that's nice. That is nice. I'm wow. Cop. I'm kind of liking this. So, Megan, your first kid is going to be named T. Congratulations. Congratulations. I mean, you didn't know this, but we're now gonna, you know. We're just going to call it right now. The cutback crew is going to get all on top of this. Yeah, 100%. Um, but no, I, I agree with you. If Emmanuel Mosley is down and out and not able to go, yeah, that's a lot of speed. All wideouts. Yeah, Higgins is more the, the tall guy. Yes. Uh, the speed is not there. But Jamar, he, Jamar Chase is, though. 
uh, Jamar Chase is everything. He's that, all of it. That guy's legit. So, and Boyd's Boyd's pretty fast. Yeah. So that that's that makes me a little bit nervous. That's that's a tough secondary to go against. They're all going to be can they get Joe Burrow, you know, to Joe Burrow in time? And if they can, then they can still win. The only good news is is that what did we see a lot of today? Well, I mean, I've seen this all year from Cincinnati, but from Cincinnati and the Chargers is everything is longer developing routes. Everything takes a while yeah. to get things going. So that's a positive thing. Yeah, I mean, I think you like that situation. We keep doing that. Yeah. Zach Taylor, let him sit in the pocket for five seconds, please. Yeah. Deep routes. Deep uh, routes make things easier for the Niners. I mean, I, I think that won't be the game plan against the 49ers. But if it you. is, that's wonderful. Let's do that. Uh, Nick Bosa is going to walk out of that game. He has 12 sacks right now. He'll walk out with like 15, mm. which I would love to see. I, w- I want it. I want, I want, uh, yeah, I want, I want some sack records to start falling. Let's do some sack records. Let's get on that. Uh, but Ant, despite the defenses, I guess the 30 points that were put up and I guess what you could call some defensive struggles, the Niners defense top to bottom played a pretty solid game today. And there's a lot of people that, that you can give credit for and two. So let's get into our block is hot defensive players of the game. DJ Jones well done. and the Seattle Seahawks are two things that go very well together for DJ Jones because Seattle does not play well against DJ. We've seen him make big, big plays against Seattle consistently during his time in San Francisco, and today was no different, whether it was in the run game, whether it was in the pass game, getting after Russell Wilson, getting in his face, putting him on the ground. didn't matter what it was. DJ Jones played himself one heck of a football game today, and for the first time all year, Ant, DJ Jones is my block is hot defensive player of the game. Because he did what he needed to do today. He was part of my key matchup for the defense. He won in a big way consistently. Um, they had a backup there, a backup left guard, and a backup right tackle playing today. And that's two positions where with backups in place, DJ Jones is going to eat and Nick Bosa is going to eat. And both guys did. But DJ, on the interior, we needed it in a big way today. It, was, it, it helped in the run game, stifle it early. And in the pass game, it kept Russ off of his game early on in this football game. That's a good choice. DJ Jones would have been someone I would have leaned towards as well. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna share a little bit of the love and I'm gonna give it to Aziz Alshire because I think I think Aziz just played really good in this game. And right from the beginning, I mean from the very first play of the game, he's just making tackles, um, making his presence known, but also getting everyone lined up in the right situation. It was his first time as a starter, a starter at Mike. I'm um, not his first time playing it. So I, I I figured that he was gonna feel comfortable, but he was out there making plays, whether it was punching a ball out, you know, or or almost coming up with an interception. Uh, it just seemed like he was gonna gonna make things happen. He was gonna be a version of what we needed on the field, and uh, we needed that stability. And I thought he took care of business, so he's definitely my uh, block is hot player of the game, and deservedly so. Yeah, Aziz Alshair stepped up in a big way. We needed him to. This is a game where he needed to to show his dynamics. So, you know, how versatile are you in this defense? Uh, he's versatile. Yeah, he's yeah. extremely versatile. You know, the question is, they have to sign him and Drake Greenlaw here pretty soon. And isn't Aziz, Aziz is this year, is it not? I don't know if he's a free agent. I think agent his contract the, is up this is year. Is he man. a free agent at the end of I the year? I think he's a free agent at the end of this year. Dre's got one more year. Yeah. And Aziz is a free agent. Oh, man, what's that contract going to look like? I don't know. Hopefully not too observant. I hope I hope not. It made but me tongue-tied. I got worried about it all of a sudden. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I wasn't thinking about it either, but I, I'm pretty sure he's a free agent at the end of this year. Yeah. I was thinking he had a four-year deal just like Dre. I thought they came in the same year. They did come in the same year. Yeah, I believe it's a. F- maybe four- it is a four years. Maybe he's got one more. Hopefully. Or maybe, or maybe they're both up at the end of this. Well, year. I think they can actually designate him and call, give a qualifying offer and all that. So that's true because he's a restricted. Yeah. He's a restricted. So he might right. be. That's might be a restricted. Free, free, free. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. So 
come come back. This is uh, yeah, we want you. We want I, I want all three guys. Yeah. Um, because this this at least all, for one year, one year, just one year of all three linebackers. If I was the Forty Nineers, I would extend Dre Greenlaw after the season just so you can get him on the cheap. Agreed. Agreed. This is the right time to do it. Yeah. And Greenlaw's got to be sitting there. Maybe, maybe, and maybe Greenlaw's sitting there too, going, you know, it'd be nice to have some secure money going long term here. You know, I know that I'm good, and I, I know I can prove it, and I'll, I'll still have an opportunity to get that big contract down the road. So yeah, I mean, that would be the best best case scenario for the 49ers. You may have to pay a little bit more for Aziz than you'd like to after the year he's put together, but he doesn't have a lot of snaps under his belt, so maybe you don't have to overpay too much to get Aziz, and then you can extend Dre from, on the cheap as well, and you can you, roll with this line. You back definitely and forth. can't lose Aziz at this. point. No, no, Mm-mm. not even a little bit. Baby, come back. Any kind of fool would see. Um, yeah, Aziz, DJ Jones, please come back. Uh, yes, we want both, both yeah. guys, both guys back. And, uh, but uh, he- here's the thing: block is not defensive players. Those are always nice, but uh, always one of my favorite things is hurt business. And inducting members into the hurt business, guys who lay the hurt down. And we've mm-hmm. had some, we've had some. Guys who were regulars. And maybe there's some more regulars this week, but it's time to get into the Hurt Business and induct some new members in this Week 13 game. The Hurt Business is thriving, Ant. It's, mm-hmm. it's absolutely thriving. The 49ers have been putting the Hurt down each and every week, and while our hearts may hurt right now after this loss, the Niners still came out and played physical and didn't back down despite injuries mounting and lots of times and opportunities with how bad they were playing to just roll over. They refused. They fought. They put the hurt on Seattle and consistently put guys into the ground and ran through guys, including George Kittle. George Kittle is definitely getting inducted into the hurt business this week because whether it was in the run game, whether it was in as a blocker, whether it was as a pass catcher, George Kittle was running through people, tiptoeing down the sideline and putting up big points for the 49ers breaking the backs of the Seattle Seahawks, both mental, mentally, emotionally, and physically all game long. Yeah, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with uh, Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell was going in there, and he was running over people, making plays happen, breaking arm tackles, and he was setting the tone for the offense. And uh, even when he wasn't getting good blocking, he was still finding a way, whether it was um, spinning out and getting a, you know, a nine-yard gain or whether it was trucking somebody, uh, he was making some plays. So Elijah Mitchell hurt business as well. Uh, absolutely. And then there's a regular, Ant. Here's a, here's a regular for everybody that definitely needs to be, I mean, he's pretty much just in the hurt business. He is basically the hurt business at this point. It's Aziz. Mm-hmm. Aziz Alshire was constantly laying the wood down, smacking fools, whether it was early in the game on Russ, uh, whether it's the big fumble later in the football game near the goal line. Uh, Aziz was, uh, Aziz had a statement. This was a statement day for him. Um, if, if you think about that, man. Greenlaw and Aziz both had statement performances against seattle in seattle um this was aziz's statement the only difference was is that the niners got a win in green laws and the niners came up just short in this one but it wasn't at any fault of aziz's i have to add one more nick bosa oh, um if yeah. you remember the hit that he has on russell wilson yeah. where he actually destroys russell wilson so much he hits him into arden key and takes arden key out as well mm. absolutely fantastic nick bosa welcome to the hurt business oh man and, and the one too where he hits him so hard the ball goes flying backwards 30 yards oh what was it? Second and forty-six. Second and forty-six. Yeah, so nice. It was great, man. It was absolutely great. Um, I, I, there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot going on with the hurt business. Yeah. There's a lot of good play on the defensive side of the football, and there was a lot of good stuff offensively. Just wasn't consistent. 
Um, and it's unfortunate that it happens this week. It happens as often as it happened in this football game because it took away it took away the, the 49ers' opportunity to get themselves a big win against Seattle in Seattle, exercise some demons, and bury that football team as well as put yourself at you know seven and five, two games over 500 with complete control of your own destiny. Um, you're still in complete control of your own destiny, but now you're fighting over that sixth seed yet again with the Washington football team. And and uh, you know there's a lot of other teams underneath that are still hanging in there close hoping for either ourselves or Washington to slip up. Yeah, the good news is the 49ers hold the tiebreaker over Philly because uh, Philly is 6-7 and seven and, and hanging around. True. Um, the one good thing is they, they're one loss and loss column behind and also, you know, the head-to-head battle. So uh, the 49ers are at least sitting in a good position, but whether it's 6 or 7, that doesn't really matter. Uh, the, the key is to get into the playoffs, and then let's see, let's play it as it lies. Is it going to be going to Tampa Bay or is it going to be going to Green Bay? Um, you're probably going to end up in a bay, and, and once you beat that team, it'll change up the playoffs. Um, but no, it'll, it'll be interesting because you, I mean, those are going to be crazy matchups. The key is right the ship. You had a bad performance, but let's not say that this is because they're a bad football team. This is because they had a bad performance and the way that you prove that it's just a one-off. It's a bad performance is you get out there and you beat Cincinnati the next week. That's what they have to do. Limit mistakes. They weren't able to do that against Seattle, but if they do against Cincinnati, they can beat them because they're a better football team than Seattle. They just didn't play better football. Um, and if you don't do that, you're going to lose football games and, uh, turning the ball over like they did is not a recipe for success. It won't be against Cincy either. Um, they they have a high powered offense and their defense can you know hang in there. Got to go take it to them. So hopefully they can get it get it fixed, get it cleaned up, um, and just prove that this was a an abnormal situation playing in the the terrible confines that are Lumens Field. Lumens Field is terrible. It's awful. Yeah. I hate it. It's loud. I hate it because then the we fans get like, are annoying. We get like more airtime for Pete Carroll than any other coach in football. I mean, we've, they even were even showing the back of his head at one point. He was, like, yeah. walking away from them. They're still videoing, like, the back of his Look head. Look at Pete. Like, Look at that man. You don't have something else to show? I mean, show anything else, please. I'd rather see the security guard coming out of the toilet than seeing that at oh. this point. <laughs> Big yikes, Ed. Big yikes. It's truth. It's, it, it is true. Cutback crew, though, we hope you enjoyed this recap show. I know, I know you didn't necessarily enjoy the game and the outcome, but hopefully you enjoyed the recap. Hopefully you enjoyed the reaction and a little bit of a therapy slash coping session that we had after the game post game. Um, so make sure you're subscribed, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button. If you haven't already and that notification bell, that way you're here for Thursday live streams. You're here for post game live reaction shows. And you're here for all the great content because we got a lot of things to go over here on the channel all week long from daily news updates, injury reports, things of that nature to 49ers face off in the mornings, which was right before this at 9am. If you missed it. So go, Check that out if you if you haven't already. Quest for the West conversations with a lot of different people, whether it's Sam from the Always Compete Seahawks podcast or Evan from the He's on Fire podcast. Um, there's a lot of great videos on this channel, a lot of great ways for you to engage with not only us, but the entire Cutback crew and to talk your 49ers day in, day out, week in, week out. Yeah, plenty of stuff. You can catch it all over YouTube. You can go hop over to the Patreon and check out you know, the all 22 you know, film breakdowns. Big yikes. Um, which is our most popular show. We go over some of the best takes that there are, our ha-ha-ha takes um, out there. And we have you know some fun commentary and stuff. It's, a, it's an exciting time. You can hop over there for that. And there's a lot of content over on Patreon if, if that's something you're interested in doing. Um, if not, you're right here on YouTube. You get all the daily content that we can um, provide, and it's exciting. And like Alex said, get involved. You know, Leave a comment, leave, go in the conversation, talk to the other members. It's a lot of fun. It's a ton of fun over here. We're having a good time. We're having a blast. We'll see you on the next one. Cut back crew and the faithful. And until then, stay safe. I remember the right way. Is always the 49ers way.